Okay, Oscar Nuts, where do we stand at the Oscar Derby right now? We have not yet heard from PGA and DGA and some of those top guilds, but we've heard from some other precursor awards. And now we're going to nail where we stand in the race with Ann Thompson from IndieWire, Pete Hammond from Deadline, Wilson Morales from Black Film and TV. I'm Tom O'Neill from Gold Derby. And we're going to go right to Ann, who, who uh, kicked our butts, came in first among 35 of us experts. Of course, I'm never going to forgive her, but well, let's go, go to her first. And what's the state <laughs> of the race? And has anything changed recently? Or? I'm, I'm looking very much at the two big award shows that are coming up, the SAG Awards and the uh, the very big BAFTA awards. Yeah. And so I'm I'm looking at everything everywhere all at once to do very well at the SAG Awards. That's my prediction. And so it will ride a lot of energy, I think, into, into the Oscars. And that could, could be enough to get everything everywhere all at once, which has the most momentum, the most um, rooting interest. You know, people really cheering for this. I was at a dinner with some Academy members, older women, who said this was the original. This was the movie that changed the rules. This is the one that excited them. Wow. And they were very excited about voting for Michelle Yeoh. So 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 this is this is part of what's what the what the you know climate is. Then you get to the BAFTAs. Very influential, a lot of overlap with the Academy. And they could make Banshees of Anna Sharon come out ahead with mm -hmm. Colin Farrell. And, and, and that could be some momentum for him. And as you all know, the big race, the one that's really hard to call right now is Best Actor. It's a three-way race. Yeah. Pete, the, uh, the movie with the most Guild nominations is Top Gun. And yep. there is a root talk about a rooting factor that Anne's mentioned that's so key. Generally, there are a lot of people rooting for that. I know. Uh, I think uh, Top Gun's number two on a lot of lists. Yeah. Uh, and with the Academy's um, weighted uh, voting system of one, two, three, four, five, you got to uh, rank everything. Um, uh, that could really factor into it if it's split among like Anne saying Banshees here and. Um, everything everywhere i agree everything everywhere has the momentum and i do think it'll come out of sag with that the same way parasite did the yeah. same way coda did, coda did yeah. excitement the uh, cast is just so great i just interviewed jamie lee curtis and key and they're just so convincing and so you know i mean so enthusiastic about all of this that it is contagious uh for this movie and i think sag could help cement that um, I'm also looking at PGA because the producers, if they go with everything everywhere and not well, then, say, it's, then it's a slam. Uh, then it's done. Then I think that's yeah. going to be really it. Uh, not so much the DGA, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, that'll be an icing on the cake for whatever. But, um, and that's actually before all these others, before everything, we're going to get the DGA first, which is usually a telltale thing. I don't think it is necessarily. We really have to see what PGA does. Uh, and then I, I, th I think SAG will go for everything, everywhere, mostly. Uh, I agree the best actor race is the one, and SAG will have a real say in that, uh, yes. building yes. momentum. Even though it's on YouTube? <laughs> uh, I don't think That's, that matters. It's about the industry knowing what works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, by yeah. the way, uh, what, what I just meant by that, everybody, is that uh, Netflix is going to be airing on regular Netflix, the SAG Awards next year, but they don't have live streaming capabilities set up uh, yet fully. So they're showing it on their on the Netflix YouTube channel. That's where you can see SAG. So Wilson, uh, you have been uh, sweeping a lot of these uh, pundit uh, contests at Gold Derby lately. Uh, give us your wisdom. Well, I think right now, it's kind of funny because now we're at, the, at a cooling period. And so now it's like for all of these movies you guys are both mentioning, they can't take the foot off the, you know, off the pedal. You know, right now it's everything all at once. You know, they're, they're the darlings right now. Obviously, if, you know, if they can hit, um, hit on these Guild Awards, then it's game over. You know, it's funny how, you know, a month ago we were talking Fablements and yet no one's talking about it now. You know, it, right. it didn't get much fast of love, you know, and the, uh, and the, the SAG is almost like, okay, but there's always that one film that gets, you know, whether it was Roma and last year's Power of the Dog, you know, they got these, you know, where the favorites going in, but it's the turtle that comes out on top. And right now- <laughs> yeah, and that goes back right to, uh, 
That goes back to social network. Uh, I would I, I would caution you in saying best picture winner social network because they thought it was happening before the first Guild Award had a different thing to say about that. That's and uh, and you know and then suddenly the tables turned and it was King's Speech. That's what we're talking about when looking at these Guild Awards. We haven't seen one yet, yeah. so we're at that point you know where it turned for um, uh, King's Speech. You know there could be something out there that maybe we're not picking up. I, you know, I don't know. I That's wish what... I understood where tar was going to factor. Right. You know? <laughs> it's actually, it, it, it's one of those things where I've kind of went, it's an art film, you know, it's, it's a little arcane, you know, but it's steady. It's steady. It has an editing nom. It has a directing nom. It is, it is, you know, it is strong. It has the most extraordinary Kate Blanchett nomination. Um, Todd Field is in there. So, so where does Todd, where does Tar end up? And my guess is that it could make Kate Blanchett's night because that would be the one Tar win. Yeah, and I, I, when we get to Best Actress, we can talk about the value of being in a Best Picture nominee versus uh, right. not. But let's, um, let's but go I there now. Really let's uh, uh, before we do though, just here's the quick rundown of the experts at Gold Derby. Uh, 19 out of 24 experts at Gold Derby have everything everywhere. Uh, Banshees is in second place. Babelman's, then Top Gun, then Tar. So uh, uh, that's where we stand as a collective now. And for Best Actress, I, of course, it's um, it's a toss-up. It's between uh, Michelle Yeoh and and Kate uh, Blanchett, and it's neck and neck among the experts. Um, 14 to 9 in favor of Kate, but it's been Michelle Yeo who's been uh, rising. So who wants to go first? <laughs> well, you have the Andrea Riseborough uh, factor in here, uh, which is hard to read um, because that's all from the actors branch. Yes, I don't it's not think... the rest of the Academy that's going to. I know. I, I was just going to say, I don't or think even it appreciate plays... it. I don't think it plays in that other no. uh, area, although I do think all the publicity got a lot of people uh, paying attention to the movie and, sure. and probably checking it out uh, from other branches maybe. But I do, uh, a lot of people keep saying, well, I think these votes going to Andrea Riseborough is gonna hurt Kate Blanchett and help Michelle Yeoh. I'm not sure of how that thinking works, um, but you know, that there's some path there for Michelle Yeoh because Michelle's gonna, I mean, uh, Andrea's gonna get these votes. I, I, I don't know. But um, I, I think it's Kate's to lose. I thought all along it has been, and it helps. I just was saying, Best Picture nominee. Yeah, yeah. You've got Michelle and Kate in Best Picture nominees, and that's very important. Um, whereas you don't have Anna Diarma, so I don't think figures into the win here, and uh, and you don't have Andrea Rice. Well, those are in just the single nominations for for those uh, actresses, and then uh, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, after after the the Grammys, when Bonnie Ray came out of nowhere and shocked the world oh, yeah. with her Having win, fifteen Grammys. You can't be surprised by anything, you know. <laughs> you can't be surprised. Right now, it's looking like it's Kate versus Michelle Yell, and you know it looks like a one-two. You know, no one's talking Michelle Williams no. at all. You know, and so like the question is, you know, does Andrea rise in the next few weeks where people start looking at Gold Derby, and if she can manage to get to number three? You never really know what goes on to see whether or not she splits votes, whether or not uh, a momentum will get somebody backing it up to do campaigns at this last minute, just for more people to see this movie. But as well, it I is right now, campaigning uh, at all, like right now. I so, think she's being I'm pretty trying... quiet. I mean, the thing about Michelle, I, I contacted Republicans she lives in Brooklyn. It's been radio uh, silence. Yeah, she lives in Brooklyn with her daughter Matilda, and so uh, she doesn't like getting on the plane and coming out here. She's got her daughter and, at home, and she may have been hurt by this. You yeah. know, I don't think this is necessarily something. Yes, she got a nomination, but I don't think it was necessarily something that was good for Andrea Riseborough as as an entity. I don't think it was. Yeah. I don't why right off Michelle because there was so much vote. talk about how the campaign was not necessarily conducted in the right way. But well, that was always going to be a know, you know, I think, you know, somebody was going to be left out. And when she got it, because I know I spoke to one studio publicist who told me that they, they had meeting, they had a meeting the week before the nominations were announced because they saw these articles being written about why is everybody campaigning for Andrea Reisenberg? And they thought that 
it was going to factor in if their client, if their their contender did not get it. You know, especially when you're talking about these studios spending all these FYC money for screenings and reception. And here comes this person, you know, who did none of that, but had a couple of tweets out there and got mentioned on TV. And voila, she just jumped over a lot of people and yeah, got because it. Because they actually watched the movie. They were telling people, go see the movie. What's wrong with that? These little movies can't compete otherwise. And, um, you know, the Academy is going to change those rules now. They're going to take the 20000 from these little movies that cost to get on the Academy's uh, website. And then they're going to tell them, oh, but you can't go tell your friends to uh, uh, They can't legislate social media. But what right. they can Increased do speech. is right. tell people not to negative campaign. And they can tell people not to send direct emails to their friends when they're supposed well, to. Well, that I don't know how you. Yeah, well, how can they tell people not to send direct emails? Right. I mean, I, I, it's not allowed. It's it's well, not that's permitted why the by locker, the academy to that's do why that. The hurt locker guy was. But don't, here's well, a the hurt locker I guy. I wrote this. that story and I had both those emails, and one of them said that five hundred million dollar film, and the second email I got said Avatar by name. That was completely against the rules. This was. Uh, groups of people, high-powered actresses. Here's what I want to say about it. How are you so sure that Andrea Riseborough came in fifth and caused whoever didn't get nominated that? I, I don't think she did come in fifth. I think that campaign was more successful than you think. And uh, I think she was fourth, maybe third. I think Anna Diarmas might have been fifth. But, um, you know, I'm not so, going to argue uh, with that. Um, it was a very effective we'll campaign. Know. So I, I think it's kind of unfair to say, oh, she cost these people these awards. Well, we I will never know that. A lot of the talk is really, at the end of the day, is because you had two Black actresses who did not get in, and everybody thought one would get in. I think if one of them got in and not the other, you'd still get talk, but it would it'd be more minimized than what and it they is. they had the precursors going with them. Viola was yeah. up for everything. Yeah. And they had studios behind them with big money, you know, and um, and so, but I don't know that they didn't get in because, of, but I'm just saying, I don't think Andrea Riceborough necessarily came in fifth, so I don't know how you can make that argument that she cost uh, cost them this. Uh, well, here's uh, I, I don't know. Danielle Denweiler certainly should have been nominated, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think they watched the movie. And I know from the I never article that- was sure about Danielle Deadweiler because Till was a movie that not that many people saw. Right. It wasn't- yeah, And the same with Woman King. It was a hard Price. sit. It was a tough sit, let's be honest. Gina said in an article she just wrote, she said, I don't think, you know, they come up to me and they go, you know, I wasn't going to watch your movie, but I'm so glad I did now, you know? And she took that as a backhanded compliment, like saying, oh, it's like, you know, homework for a lot of people. I think they a lot of people did resist watching those movies. I think there are a lot of Academy members who aren't Which interested in white Academy members who aren't interested in stories entirely populated by Black people. I think that's true. Here's a story. <laughs> I, I, I've told this before. Uh, years ago, I met an Academy voter in New York City. Uh, he's not an actor. And we just happened to go to two back-to-back -back events. And you know, we got to some conversation. And then uh, I said, uh, um, he said he did not vote for Straight Outta Compton, you know, and uh, this is after two or three years after it didn't get the nomination for Best Picture, which we all thought was going to get in. And uh, and I said, what happened? You know, the movie was number one for five weeks in a row. It had made a certain amount of money. It had 90, 90 plus Rotten Tomatoes. And he goes, well, I didn't, I didn't get catered. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, he, and he said, I'm a 60 year old Jewish guy and a movie about rap is not to my liking, but if they had an event for reception, I would, I would have been more inclined to come and then who knows if it would have changed my mind. And I'm like sitting there stunned and I go, he can't be the only one that probably thinks like this. And you know, obviously There's you guys live in LA. There's a group that's like that. I wouldn't you know, take yeah. the I entire mean, you know, academy. The with food group. That's a very small a sliver. Food. Yes, exactly. But it did get one it come out unless they get catered. <laughs> it got one nomination. And what did it get it for? A screenplay written by white people. The only nomination that movie got. That was the irony of that whole thing. I agree with you. I totally thought that was going to get a best picture nomination. Too, but yeah. you know. I want to go back to something Ann said here, which is you can't stop. Uh, people from expressing their own opinions. There's free speech, whether they make a post on Facebook or whether they say it. Uh, but my, my uh, question, serious uh, uh, reservation is allowing 
because you're not allowed to campaign openly on you know uh, Facebook, et cetera, for someone else. But why are you allowed to have an event at your house with this with uh, if you're a friend of this person or you're or you're campaigning for them in in essence, and you are. Uh, doing this at home, should that be the line that should not be crossed? They're supposed to have a screening. They're not supposed to have an event without a screening. Yeah, yes, not an event. I mean, they would have a screening. They would show the movie. That's what happened. Jennifer Aniston had five friends of her who were all Academy members said, watch this movie. They watched it in her house. Okay. Uh -huh. So what? how do you police that? Uh, yeah. You can't. Okay. Five people know, but sometimes it's, you know, but that's what her campaign was. It was a word of mouth, grassroots, took hold. A lot of people jumped on it. And, uh, you know, they happen to be super successful actresses, mostly, that championed this. But, you know, I always thought, too, and the reason I think she didn't come in fifth is these people were energized to vote. They a thought lot of they were doing a good vote. thing. They, yeah. Were yeah. Being, so, they were doing a mitzvah. They were going for something yeah. great. They were energized voters. This is what you find in political campaigns. Who's likely voters and who's right. registered and voters. And they were rooting for the underdog. Yeah. And they were the likely voters. I think she probably scored oh, yeah. much higher than what It would be different if this was an actress in a movie by a studio, you know, let's like, for you know, that had money and all of a sudden their friends got them in the group. They yeah, do that the all the time anyway. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. Happens. Yeah. that is standard, that is standard operating procedure. And that's the <laughs> other thing I wrote, which is basically that the, the campaigners know where all the lines are drawn and break these rules all the time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> the academy really isn't very good at policing any of this. No, it's very difficult when you have all these guilds that have cross memberships and BAFTA too. And how are you going to say, well, I'm here because of BAFTA, not the academy? You know, you're, you're drawing all these lines that, I think they found when they, they relaxed the rules after strengthening them for a while, and then they relaxed them. And, you know, and the Academy is the only ones, they, they starve during these things. They can't eat, you know, in phase two. <laughs> well, think, well, think about besides, besides- well, they can eat up until a certain time, and then they yeah, can't. Yeah, and then they can't. <laughs> think about it, you know, within all these guilds, then you have certain categories where there's somebody that's always in that group, because the guild likes him, you know, and then people like a Roger Deakins, you know, how many times he got nominated, you know, or Diana Warren, you know, where they're yep. getting in. And it's like, how great was the music or film, you know, but yet because they're staples, they're always in. That's you know, really about Diane Warren's friends in the music branch. I know, I know, that's I know. really about cronyism. And it really But some me. of them campaign. You know, Diane Warren, Warren. That was the point. Diane you know? Warren is considered the songwriter. And her crony friends, or whatever you want to call them there, her friends are, like the fact that she's not Rihanna and that she's not Lady Gaga right. uh, coming in here, that she's one of them. She's a, in, the, in the trenches songwriter, and that's why they gave her that special Oscar this year. And that's why they keep nominating. Her special Oscar was well deserved, and I, you know, she's a, she's a great lady. It's just these the every year there's a movie nobody saw with a song that nobody heard exactly. that's nominated that was written by Diane Warren. Our, our Jay Ralph, the, he didn't make the final five, but he found a way to keep getting in that top 15 and and um, and actually getting some nominations and same thing. They work the uh, branch. I mean, you know, they know the branch. That's why the Oscars are designed that way for branch well, voting, you know. Before, before we switch right in a minute to best actor, uh, to give an example to our list watchers and listeners here, Kate uh, Blanchett uh, called Andrew's performance the greatest ever by any actress in film history. I mean, she really went over the top. You know? Was it Blanchett or Winslet? Was it Winslet? It was Winslet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You see Blanchett how big it is that we all know the LA Film Critics and the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah. Yeah. So, best actor, who wants to go first here? It's uh, Squeaker. So, so my my take on that one is that is that you again, it's all about uh, SAG and BAFTA and which one you know wins which, and if, and Fraser needs to win SAG very yeah. badly because he's yeah. unlikely to win BAFTA, and Colin Farrell would be good if he won both because then he could go on to take the Oscar, uh, but Austin Butler 
is in there and he's yeah. a charmer. I don't know if, how many of you got to meet him because he, if yeah. you sit at the round tables, if you see him in there, he's, he's utterly lovable. And so I suspect that he's an actual factor here as well. And if he were to win SAG, he would that would become he absolutely owns the movie he he is the movie that often He's like daniel day lewis and they say that's that's elvis and 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 you've got elvis's uh, widow praising him running around to every event you know and saying how great he was and you had lisa marie and that factor too. not that's around with gone. us anymore you yeah. know and there's a lot of factors there where they may not say uh, he's got another shot. They'll just go, wow, that guy is something. It's a Best Picture nominee, too. So that helps. That's uh, the problem for Brendan Fraser. He doesn't have a Best Picture nomination for the way. Right. Or and, director, you know? No, no. So, yeah, he's a, the whale yeah. isn't that strong. It only has three three nominations or something. So but we're all agreed that uh, Brendan Austin or Colin could take this, right? Or are, yes, are you, it could be. Yeah, uh, uh, Bill Nye. If there's a real split, and yeah, that could happen. Play. Yes, and Bill Nye could actually win at the Baptist too, yeah. which would yeah. be yeah. Awesome. Actually, Bill Nye has a really good shot at the Baptist, I imagine. So um, and Paul yeah. Mescal, no shot. No, no. he was Zero. the fifth slot. <laughs> I mean, that's not happening. He's not even able to campaign. He's on stage in London right now, you know, and so, but that, that, the nomination was the win there for him, believe me. Absolutely. So what, what is he, 25, 26 years old? Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, you know, and and he, see... isn't he playing, uh, I guess he's going to star as a, in the Gladiator 2, you know, playing. Yeah, Lucius. well, that's good for him, you know, but I mean, you know, this movie hasn't been seen, so no. Mm -mm. So supporting actress, um, According to the experts, Angela Bassett is way out front, but uh, there's that's not what uh, a lot of other pundits say. What do you guys say? It's I think if, if if she wins SAG, I think it's it's a wrap. You know, hopefully, yeah. you know, I think people want her to get her win. It's the 30th anniversary of what's love got to do with it. You know, it's the fact to say, you know, to have her come back for a second nomination 30 years later. You know, with all the roles she's done in between. I think this is the one where it's like, okay, you give it to her because of her legacy. Yeah, you know? I think uh, she's definitely the uh, front runner. I think that's clear from, she's gotten a, a big chance to go and practice her Oscar speech on several shows, televised shows and done a good job. You know, she's uh, considered, you know, deserving at this point. And, um, you know, it's funny, I, I can't remember who beat her on for Tina Turner. Uh, do you remember who won that year? Because I would have thought she would have won for that right out of the yeah. box. But I think um, it was uh, um, uh, Holly Hunter. Okay. So anyway, you know, it's um, yeah, Holly Hunter. Okay. Uh, and, but that movie was up for Best Picture, and you know, we can go back right. to these kinds of right. things. Right. But um, it's still a legacy do, award. It's yeah, yeah. I think career. I think she's she's. Uh, probably got it but i do want to see sag yeah what about the uh, everything everywhere actresses we got two of them here um kind of knock each other out that's the problem there jamie lee curtis is sort of like a legacy person too yes. and um you know and and it's just so terrific to talk to and so great on everything that the problem is she's up against a co-star yeah. and uh and that's going to be difficult you know, and you say legacy in two different ways, legacy for career, legacy because of who our parents are. <laughs> well, all of that, you know. He's and someone she who grew is up in Hollywood of, uh, and is very, very popular, you know. And she People is, um, like I, just, I just pointed this out and talking to her too, she's one of five families now, she's the fifth. It's a history-making nomination after the Redgraves and the uh, Houstons and the Fondas and the Derns. And now um, the Tony Curtis, Janet Lee, uh, Jamie, all having Oscar nominations. So yeah, I didn't know that. That's great. Um, switching to supporting actor. Uh, this is what well, I'm going the wrong way. This is a runaway, isn't it? Um, I think Kiel, so. Kiel Kwan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Kiel you. Kwan is going to take it. He's taking everything. His story is so made. amazing. Yeah. It's just so amazing. He's such a good guy and so effective in interviews and things. His Golden Globe speech was a textbook of how to do an award show, uh, show speech. And, you know, it's natural. It comes out of him. You don't feel like it's fake. It's not. 
This guy how didn't much even of a factor the speech? How much of a factor do speeches make when you're at the Golden Globes or Critics' Choice when it's televised? It's viral. Uh, think, it's a question of it becoming viral. Everybody looked at yeah. it later. Yeah, and they see it. You know, I remember Glenn Close at the Globes when she won. You know, I mean, just these speeches that just really go oh, everywhere. Hillary like Swank, uh, Jamie Foxx, they, they gave such uh, an award-crowning performance on stage. You and I have talked about this through the years. Uh, Pete, you've always called it their Oscar audition. And yeah. uh, it really is. Uh, if they nail it, like like uh, Brendan Fraser did at Critics' Choice, uh, yeah, boom, but that uh, it was on the CW and had only a million viewers. But it's Anne's right. They go viral. It doesn't matter what it's yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's on the internet. It's out there. And um, so, uh, you know, Bri um, Brendan has been uh, viral ever since Venice. That's right. You know, crying in the eye. Crying ever since. Because you're Brendan Gleeson, you know, keeps getting uh, underrated at the Emmys and he wins often. So he's one of these actors that I don't think we can write off. Um, uh, he's up against a co star again there. You know, it's tough. Um, and 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 this is just Quan's year. Yeah, it really is. His Brendan and Barry will, will cut each other off. You know, you start out with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You can't get arrested, and your first movie back is Everything Everywhere. And he doesn't tell his family he's making the movie. His, only his wife and his lawyer, who was his co-star in The Goonies, by the way, um, knew that he was <laughs> even got that role, and that he had shot the film. And he told his family, including his mother. Uh, the day before the trailer dropped because he was sure they would see it and wonder what he was doing in it. And um, and he's, I asked him and he said, I thought I was going to get fired the first week. That's what he said. Oh, wow. And he meant it. And, uh, you know, and so he just didn't want to tell anybody. Mm. Wow. What a story. Very superstitious. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Judd Hirsch doesn't have enough screen time to win, right? No, it's a cameo. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's one scene. It's literally one scene. I know. I know. He goes back in the cab, but you know, I mean, it's like uh, it's very small. It's a very but he small. Got, but hey, you know, he's such a force that obviously the older voters, I would say, got him in. You this know, is like the Veteran Achievement Award category where we see that. I happens. feel sorry for Paul Dano though, because I thought Paul yeah. Dano was very good in that movie. I figured and, he was in too. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, and then here's the thing that Brian Tyree Henry got in, and you know, I, I didn't vote for him because I thought, you know, at least when I was looking at the odds, you know, he was like somewhere between six and eight, but he managed to get into the top five. You know, yeah, and that's that was, like, you're right, you're right on that. He was uh, that's, not that's easy. A, that's a case of an academy movie that I heard a lot of people talking about how much they liked Causeway. They liked how quiet and naturalistic and how well acted and well written and directed it was. They, the academy members loved that movie. And so I'm really and they, they plucked that it out. They plucked it out. Brian was nominated, you know, at, at different places, but um, for the academy to do it, I mean, the actors really noticed. And first of all, he's so good in that movie. And would you say everything. that Jennifer, having Jennifer in the movie got people to watch that movie, you know, because That's at the right. end of the day, without Jennifer, nobody's watching that movie. I think you know, so. so. Yeah, That's I think so. True. Yeah. But Brian Tyree Henry. He's, he's built his in, reputation over time, you know. Yeah. He you know, and, to talk. He got attention for that, too. Yeah. And, and, and he know, was the best thing in Bullet Train. Let's be By honest. far. He stole that movie. <laughs> he stole that movie. So, you know. Yeah, more power to him. He did yeah. He did a great job, but nobody's taken this away from Keith. No. No, adapted screenplay, I think we've all agreed from the beginning, women talking is almost invincible here, but among the experts, Ishiguro. we have a couple of Ishiguro is a possibility there. Yeah, if they know it, uh, do they put their names on the ballot or is it just the name of the movie? Um, a lot of these, they don't mention the name. Uh, right. So I have a feeling that's one of them. He would have oh. to win at the BAFTAs and get attention. That would be who's this? Uh, Ishiguro, the author, yeah. of, who the person who adapted Living. Living. And he's he's okay. quite a campaigner. He's been at everything. I you know like I've been hearing that he charms people too. Oh, he's everywhere. In fact, I've gotten to know him 
like, you know, hey, buddy, you know, whenever <laughs> I see him. He's out there as much as anybody, and he's enjoying it. He loves it. I know his wife now, too. I really like them. And he's very, uh, you know, he's not like stuck up like you would think a Nobel Prize winner would be. But um, uh, he's he's amazing. And I do think, you know, and maybe onto something, because I think the Academy might like to vote for someone that's won a prize that's even more desired than an Oscar, like the Nobel. <laughs> Sometimes the screenplay goes to somebody who like, who may not have gotten the nomination for director or may not win director. Like they did Spike Lee giving them screenplay, but no director. Here it's a win for Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly, uh, the, the women yeah. often get the adapted, the, the screenplay consolation prize. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it does have a best picture nomination. So that's very helpful. What about Top Gun? That's in the writing category, not just at the Oscars, not just at the Writers Guild, but also at something I think Anne has something to do with at USC, uh, you know, the uh, Scripter Award. They withdrew their their uh, consideration for, for the Scripters. Oh, really? And they, they're the they only group that isn't coming to the Writers Panel at Santa Barbara. So I don't ah. know why. I don't know what's up there. Well, I don't either. You already have so many people on that panel, Anne. I counted it up. There's like 10 people on the there writer's are 10 panel. People on that panel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would shock so, the world. But the writers would, like to talk. <laughs> if, they were to, if they were to shock the world and win the Oscars, then leading up to Best Picture, then you never know. You know, I well, believe that if Tom Cruise wanted a campaign whatsoever, it may boost his chances. You know, well, if you were to come out, but that's not his thought. He's going to be out. He's going to be at the Producers Guild. He's getting the big award at the Producers Guild. Um, and he's going to be presenting the next day to uh, Jerry. But he's been off shooting Mission Impossible and uh, all of that. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Diving off of cliffs on motorcycles. <laughs> they'll be coming yeah. into the like flying in, parachuting. <laughs> because he's here now. <laughs> For original screenplay, we have a real close race here, according to our experts. Banshees is out front by two votes, and then everything everywhere, and then Tar. With I mean, then then there's a huge drop off in Tar, uh, and uh, Fablemans uh, seem to be uh, way back. But where do you guys land between Banshees and everything winning here? Assuming that Martin McDonough has to win something. And yeah, it's like yeah, I think I think it's I think it could be Martin because he didn't get it for three billboards, right? No, you know, he, so won. Like, he, he won. Back. He won for live action short, actually. Oh, years years ago. ago, yeah, yeah. But they, this but is nobody knows for, that. Nobody knows that. No, but right. you know, bottom line is, I think it's going to be everything everywhere because it is going to be viewed as the title of the category, best original screenplay, oh, and that's I think a good it's. Point. I think it's perceived as the most original. <laughs> that's yeah. one way of looking at it. I, I, I still uh, although Martin, Martin McDonough, you know, they love that him. Is, they I actually know. really respect and him. And so that's what makes it much closer uh, than it might be normally because he has not gotten this kind of uh, recognition. Um, How close the, are the BAFTA awards with the Oscar voting? Pretty close. Um, yeah, not in Best Picture, though. They've been way off. No, the between the ballots. Like, by the time the BAFTA, is it within the same uh, realm of Oscar ballot voting? I mean, of the, of no, the, of the it's, Oscar it's voting? Before, well, it comes two weeks before the Oscars, so the balloting, I don't know. You know, uh, it's it's near there, but it's not. The overlap is, in terms of just percentage, if you were doing, like, the Gallup poll, it's... Um, you know, an, an enormous percentage of uh, a sample percentage, if you were doing it scientifically, of what we see at the Oscars. But at BAFTA, they have separate awards for Best British Film and Best Picture and all of this. Yeah, yeah they've been on a bad uh, tear, uh, the opposite of a good tear uh, for Best <laughs> Film. They just have not, they only nominate five films. They, are, they have not matched with Oscar generally uh in the oh, i think nomadland the was, actors uh, tend to match up more than, yeah yeah okay like and when anthony hopkins you know that was the first win when chadwick was winning everything and then anthony comes in and wins the bafta and then boom yeah. he wins the oscar yeah. well you know if the oscar producers that year bothered to read my column before the show <laughs> they would have found out there was a big swell for anthony hopkins in the academy it was obvious with talking to people 
and Don't put uh, an egomaniacal director in charge of the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was um, the BAFTA thing was proof positive it was happening, but it was definitely happening. You know, I would not have gambled that way well, because there was it. Just, you saw how the Oscars were set up that year and they left the best actor category be last. That's you know, good. That yeah, was what was foolish. Foolish. Yeah, you know, that was like, you thought they, they were, were going for the big for emotional. You thought it was for and, Chadwick. Yeah. Exactly. And instead, you know, you had, you know, the envelope, the winner's Anthony Hopkins. He isn't here. Good night, everybody. You know, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> you know, the <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so, although the next day they did get him, did you see the next day? They, they had him on video. On video, and he, he actually like felt like I should apologize actually for winning. You know, it was it was uh, kind of interesting, but um, yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front's a good thing to talk about, Tom. Yeah, go. Well, let's. I mean, it's it's ahead in categories like cinematography and, of course, international film and others. So, and it's up for Best Picture, and it's got devotees that talk about rooting factor and the original of course won best picture and i encourage uh, everybody to go back the, the only remake in up. oscar history to win if it wins and here's why it's climbing a very tall mountain but one that it could you know happen it's no movie has won best picture without having sag wga dga PGA nominations. It also has no actors nominated and its right. director isn't nominated. All of that goes it against- It does have screenplay. It has screenplay and it has the crafts. Yeah, yeah. And it but it's not, it's not it nominated at WGA because it was ineligible there, but it's not got any of them. Can you name another movie that's won Best Picture without that? <laughs> but you know None. what I'm saying about the original as I watched it uh, a year or two ago, Boy, that still strikes me, because you know, it was from the 1930s, it still strikes me as a very modern film with the, the language and the um, every, everything about it. I was very surprised that- Academy members really like this movie. I've heard it up and down the line. I was out to dinner with a producer, well-known producer and her husband, very well-known agent and then headed a, a production company. Um, both of them, when I asked, where their heads are at, that was the movie. But it's but, interesting that that got in, but no director, but yet Triangle of Sadness gets in with its director. You know? Yeah, but, that's but, the you international know, vote. That's the international that's very, vote. He was a big, big winner at the European Film Awards and so on, and can, yeah. you know, so it had a lot of support. It has a lot. Because <laughs> there's so many international. Elvis, movies that have generated enormous passion that certainly has, um, and that can carry the day. Let's just talk about it in general. It 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 can surface. Uh, it can pop up here and there uh, in various categories, couldn't it? it well, you know the interesting thing is, yeah. Go ahead, Anne. Go. I'm sorry. Go. You go. No, I was just going to say the interesting thing about it is Moulin Rouge was nominated in 2000 in eight categories. The same eight. The exact same categories. The no only director. difference was Nicole Kidman and um, Austin Butler, actor, actress. Uh, otherwise, exactly the same categories. Baz Luhrmann was the same and snubbed in both. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. In costume design, for example, that seems like one that Elvis could take, but I'm betting it's Black Panther in that category. I would think so. I agree. Yeah, they both are neck to neck. I, I don't see anyone else between Ruth Carter. Now, one could say, okay, with Black Panther, some of the costumes are similar, you know, from the first film, which could help Catherine. And then there's some that's new, you know, it's like, it, it's a toss up between, they both are winners, you know, from different years. And so now the question is, which one has more visibility, you know, when you see it? Because I'm trying to, you know, decide, okay, which costume stands out, Black Panther or Elvis? You know, uh, the costume stands out. Elvis is imitating Elvis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot more. And this, this goes back to something that Pete mentioned Where earlier. Wakanda when you get down, is original. Yeah. I'm when sorry. you go down the ballot, beyond, you know, below um, acting and I believe uh, writing, it's the names like Ruth Carter's name doesn't show up. It's just the on there, but they know Black Panther is the flashiest of it. If I were voting, if I were in this category, I would vote for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. That's the one with Aux Couture. That is the, that screams costumes. 
And um, I, I, that's what I would vote for too. I thought they did a terrific job in that. And that with that costumes were so integral were to that movie. And it's done by a well-known costume designer, Oscar winner, you know? So I think that, that if you're gonna have an interesting little thing that night, uh, it could be something like that that could sneak in. They may look at it and say, I don't know, Black Panther already won, Elvis is Elvis. <laughs> well, I yeah, always the, remember the the that Priscilla, the, Queen of the Desert, won. Oh, what a great yeah, movie! Cruella win. Cruella did win. Cruella did Cruella win a year or two ago. Yes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. like, sometimes when the costumes stand out like Cruella, it's like, okay, it's a foregone conclusion. That's you know? that was the front runner for the whole season. Everybody yeah. So with uh, with uh, Mrs. Harris. You know, because it's not so much of a, a film that a lot of people saw, That's I think true. the nomination may be just a win. You know, the nomination is its win. Like, oh, we're nominated because what stands out with this movie. Well, the costume designers nominated it and they know, you know, and they're going to put that in there. But, you know, this is the Academy at large voting. And right. so we're dealing with a different thing. But, you know, I still that's what I would vote for. Maybe I'm just going to pick all the winners based on what I would vote for and just, <laughs> you know, because I'm sick of losing to Ann and Wilson. I am too. It's a conspiracy here. I have a theory about you, Pete, which is that you're out and about and you're hobnobbing and you're moderating and this is your friend and that's your friend and that's your friend. And yeah, you're listening, you're listening. You're your judgment to people you hear. Like, it's emotional. You're hanging out too emotional. You know, you're getting too emotional when you're hearing people like, maybe, and like, no, Pete, look at the odds. <laughs> look at the odds. I know. You know that there's always been a mysterious connection between film editing and best picture, right? And, yeah, but that was uh, that was before though. There've been a lot of changes in the voting and the in the membership, etc. Film editing, we've got Top Gun out front uh, with 15 experts and everything everywhere at six. But everything everywhere, usually they go for the most frenetic one, like whiplash one here, right? So the, this is the, whatever, you know, it, it makes them the most dizzy. <laughs> Top Gun has to win this. It will oh, win okay. it. Why? Because it's, it's film editing, it's it sound. It's the kind of movie that wins those awards. Um, it, it will win editing. I don't know about the Ace Eddies, uh, you know, when those Maybe are. But, sound too, right? I think it'll win sound for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. the loudest movie. <laughs> you know, now you guys know the guilds. Not visual I, effects. You know, visual effects. Are, are the people behind it more in the guild, like as opposed to rewarding a newcomer coming out of the gate, like for everything every, everywhere, you know, as opposed to the guys who did Top Gun? Like who's oh. more known in the guild that they'll vote for like, oh, here's Top Gun 30 something years later. Look at one hell of a job. Here are these new guys that did everything everywhere. You know, it's like, yeah. how, does, how do the guilds reflect that? I would suggest uh, to you that there's a degree of complexity with one of these big movies like Top Gun, you know, yeah. it, it's it, it, everything everywhere. I love it, but it's a little on the scruffy side, a little on the indie side. Yeah, I would I would argue that Top Gun, having been nominated in a lot of categories, including Best Picture, may not win anything but these two crafts. Yeah, it's popular. People are going to want it to win something, don't you think? Yeah, well, it's definitely popular. They thank it for saving the industry. It's um, it's got a lot of goodwill going for it. I was and, shocked uh, it didn't get cinematography. Oh, that's the shocker because he was a shoe in to win and uh, didn't get in, you know, got in at ASC, may win at ASC because of that. But um, Claudia Miranda, I know, you know, some weird things happened. Tar got nominated um, and I just didn't see that coming for <laughs> cinematography, so. Yeah. So makeup and hairstyling of the whale, the physical transformation of Brendan is the kind of thing they very often go for. But in these categories, they often go for the most uh, uh, makeup, the most hairstyling, the biggest transformation. And uh, there are a lot of nominees that meet that criteria here. So, El so the whale is out front, according to us. We have seven experts voting for Elvis. Then there's Batman and Black Panther. Um, could we see an upset here over the whale? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I got I this. <laughs> yeah, always got this. The fats, that's it. You know, one one thing only. You know, and then you look at the other ones. You look at Batman. All you have is, I guess, Penguin. Yes, you man. know, 
in there. Colin Farrell. And, <laughs> yeah, you got Colin Farrell. And then you have, you know, uh, um, who else got in, I guess? What else did you mention? Uh, Black Panther oh, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, you know, yeah, well, Black Panther, you've got different types of makeup there. You know, so like uh, Camille Friend, you know, she's been around for some time. Uh, I think this is her first nomination. Um, so it, it varies on how they want to play it out. You know, I think you have to watch, you know, its own guild to see where they go with That's that. You know? And it's like, the whale, but yeah, the whale I, looks good. Like, I think did the whale for, is uh, like a Dallas Cowboys kind of yeah, situation yeah. here, you know, or Ed Wood, a makeup goes with the actor nomination. Um, or oh, win. Did it win for Nicole Kidman? Know, I think that's what we've got set up here with the whale. I think it's a twofer if Brendan wins actor. Uh, but if the whale doesn't win makeup early on, don't look for Brendan necessarily to win actor. Uh, that will be an That's early Did the yeah. hours win makeup for uh, Nic on, on Nicole's nominees? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. In production design, this is where, again, one movie that doesn't have strong chances elsewhere is on top, according to us, it's Babylon. And then uh, Elvis, they're almost tied. And then we get into Avatar and All Quiet and Fablemans. So this, according to our little group here, is neck and neck Babylon versus Elvis. What say you? Any of you? That's a hard uh, I wasn't thinking. Call. You know, Babylon is done by the same person that won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that, you know, only got two Oscars too, a supporting and whatever. It could be that they look at that as a production design kind of thing if they saw the movie. Um, I don't know about All Quiet in the Western Front, though, because if they really like that okay. as much, okay, that's fair that off. And it's a Best Picture contender, which I obviously know. Babylon is not. Yeah, Elvis is, but Catherine Martin, she wins all the time when she's nominated, but um, Elvis is good. I don't know that it you know, is a, you know, standout. But yeah, that could be a situation where it depends if you're watching the movie, you know, as opposed to like, oh, it's got to win something, you know, so I think Babylon, while I may be in the front, if everybody watches, if we're talking about popularity, then it boils down to maybe Elvis, which is the movie a lot more people are seeing than Babylon. You know, once yeah. you start hearing, like, it's, you know, like you said, it's not nominated for Best Picture. You want to sit there and watch three hours and eight minutes, but they do have, you know, the work involved in it. But it's now a question, is, are you going to sit there and watch it? You know, it's not nominated in any of the big categories. But it's nominated in, in categories it could conceivably win. It could win the best score. Babylon uh, <laughs> leads. That's yeah. true. Justin Hurwitz could go go ahead there. He won, and then, and then he won the Globe. Too. Yeah, not the so, critics' the, choice, though. Yeah. yeah. And best no, song. The question uh, is, and no, um, Everything Everywhere has Sun Lux, uh, which um, second time I saw that movie, I go like, I really like that score. I thought it was great. I'm shocked they got nominated because I thought it was a more of a clubby kind of thing with the musicians. Who's the composer of Everything? Uh, Sun Lux. It's a group. It's a group of three Asian guys. Okay. Um, and um, so that's an unusual nomination in that category. Uh, and not Alexander Desplat, who, if he was in there, I would have picked him for Pinocchio. Which I, I thought he would be in there. I picked him I to be in there, and he didn't make it. But he's but, sort of so, one of those people who gets nominated all the time. And he finally won. We almost take him for granted. So there's some changes going on in that music branch there. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we also have All Quiet in that category, too. So I think if that's the one that could get through. I think All Quiet... <laughs> The, the thing is, if you look at makeup and you look at production design and you look at at um, at, at at the score, um, cinematography, and, too, everything is really good, especially cinematography. Babylon stands up maybe because it's just, the, you know, it's the jazzy feel to it. You know, with the other ones, you're not thinking so much of a score, you know, like I used to do radio for years and I'm like, I, you know, the score is not sticking out maybe because you're watching so much going on in that film. You know, sometimes you're waiting for that emotional score to come out that's going to really stand out, as opposed to Babylon, where it's, you know, he's it stands out. music, it stands out. And so, you know, when people listen it also to deals film, with jazz musicians and it's got music all over it. So, and it's yeah. edited to the music. That's how they make yeah. the film, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking so, of music, best song has uh, our, our, our way, way, way out front. 
And the only really? other nominee that even gets a vote from our group is uh, Lift Me Up, the Black Panther song. And then we have uh, Hold My Hand, uh, Top, Top Gun, and This Is A Life, uh, Everything Everywhere. And then... Uh, um, so uh, it's Nanu Natu? Yeah. yeah, I Natu. think the popularity of RRR and the more people talk about Natu Natu maybe compel it to win. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, there's Lift Me Up and there's Lady Gaga, but how, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at, you, know, you look at, I think on YouTube, last I checked, it was at 250 million views. The question wow. is whether it's those people include the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my question. I don't know that they include the Academy. That's so. it. a lot of people caught up with it. A lot of people did see it. It got a lot of attention, but some people it's not their cup of tea. But for song, I could see it winning. I could. Yeah. I asked Tom Bernard recently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the co-president of Sony Pictures Classics. Is there anything different this year about the campaign, uh, the whole process that we should be aware of on our side? And he said, yeah, he said, there was a huge ground shift this year. And I'm not sure you're all aware of it. He said, what is absolutely uh, stunning us and why I'm so hopeful that living, which is theirs, might do better than you pundits believe is he said, this year, the Academy members are actually all watching these movies on the portal, the Academy's portal that Pete referred to earlier, $20,000 and you can put your movie up there. So he said, I don't know how that's going to be different. He said, but, and this was really true at the Emmys as well, where the portals were all screwed up technologically. I remember Pete, the trouble that you were having hooking up your TV when the Emmys uh, were the first. They had to come out, they had to show me, I, you know, I, I give I know. up the Roku's, the whatever. Yeah, it's, it's two years later. Hopefully they've gotten wind of how, okay, now they're watching stuff at home. That's what Tom said. He said, now it's smooth. He said, basically an idiot could hook it up. I mean, uh, so he said, now you got to take that into account. And then the old argument, oh, you've got to see a movie on the big screen to appreciate it. He said, look, everybody's got a widescreen HD uh TV screen now she said so that that gives them the excuse if they're lazy and they don't want to get in their car and fight uh rush our well if you don't live in New York or in LA you have no choice but to watch it at home as opposed to getting invited to see it right. in person and you know maybe meet some of the talent involved you know so yeah, that's like that would be the exception yes uh, I think yeah. that's what her avatar you know it did okay it's in the best picture race you but have it only to got see it at the theater yeah. But if you don't see that in a theater, it, it, I don't care how big your TV is. It's not, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not big <laughs> enough. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're like, okay, what else he is going said, on? You know, it took him a long time. It. It, there was COVID that forced their uh, hands to really get it right. And it's been, it's been a struggle for both the Emmys and the Oscars. I don't think the Emmys has, have yet really made it a smooth process. But boy, from Tom, uh, uh, who really knows his Oscars, uh, he said, I don't know what effect it's going to have, but he said, I'm hearing from everybody that they watch these movies on the portal. It's I'm, fine. I'm hearing that too. Well, they have no, you know, it's like living. It's like, where are you going to find in theaters? <laughs> you know, that's, that's <laughs> that like, one is in theaters. Because yeah, but so where? But is it a multiplexes or you got to find some small <laughs> theater that has it you're like oh i found it but you got to go out to north hollywood it's not hard to find it's not in many theaters here uh, but you know best songs of course again Hope this springs is eternal for all these people out there wondering how their movie's gonna do you know like they're trying to even the playing field here getting back to that andrea riseborough thing you know they should not take away any opportunity to see these movies uh, just because they're breaking a little rule here and there. They should just get rid of that rule. Uh, make it an, a, a real open thing where these smaller films have that shot. If anything we've learned this year, it's the lesson of Andrea Riseborough's nomination.